thank you for your presence that's in your name. And we pray right now for Brother David's mom. We ask you, Father, to touch her chest, her heart. Lord, any clogged arteries or anything that's giving her trouble, we ask you right now just to touch her heart. And we speak health and healing to her. We thank you that you revealed yourself as our healer. And we just praise you for peace over the family. We thank you that they will live and not die. We declare that they are the healed of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know anything about this? Yeah, David Chevalier, he's not here. Okay, we'll check. let's check on this after church. Hallelujah. Well, Happy New Year. Boy, you are a happy bunch. I tell you, we got the cream of the crop here tonight. Everybody's happy. Everybody ready to party. Amen? Boy, I could, oh God, I could tell you're happy. How, how many are happy about this new year? How many are happy old nine's over? Oh, okay, I heard a little bit more amen there. How many's looking for a better old ten? Come on, 2010. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are happy to be alive? Glory to God. Well, I tell you, I want to give you some things that I feel are needful for this new year as we get ready to go into it. Open with me, please, the book of Jude. Right before Revelation, we're not quite at the end yet, so we're in the book of Jude. Jude chapter 1. I want to give you some things to just help you and get us ready, get us prepared. And I want to encourage you about being here Sunday morning. We'll have a good time. Jude chapter 1, verse 24. And everything, you know, how, how many of you know his word is alive? So everything that I speak tonight, it's a living word over you. Say, for me and my family. Now, it says here in Jude 1, verse 24. Now to him who is able, shout out, my God is able. Shout it out strongly. My God is able. Let him hear you on the internet. All right. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I love the message. It says, He is able to keep you on your feet, standing tall in His bright presence, fresh and celebrating. Amen. I want to share with you that God never tires in watching over you. I want to talk to those whose children may be in the military, maybe the military are watching us tonight, that God never tires watching over you, that He loves you, that He cares for you, and that He's not going to... Uh, just leave you to chance. Amen. How many know you're just not uh, being left to chance? Amen. Listen, your God is taken by you. Your God is taken in by you. I mean, from the mother's room, the conception, he was excited. He has volume of books written about you. He's taken in by you. He loves you. And so the same God who was able to save you, how many were rascals that he was able to save you? Come on, be honest. How many was a rascal? Okay, we've got a few people going to heaven. The rest are liars. How many were a rascal when God saved you? How many know if God saved you, that was a big miracle? Okay, if he was able to save you, I want to tell you something he's able to do this new coming year as we go into it. Amen. So I want you to see here, and, and I want to show, uh, share another scripture with you. Look with me in Psalms 138. Psalms 138. 
we're going to do things old school tonight, you got to look it up in your Bible. I know you're wondering, well, we want it up there. Well, no, use your Bible tonight. You're not going to end this year lazy. Psalms 138, verse 8. And remember all this word I want to read over you, and I just want you to receive it. The Lord is taking in with you. How many are taking in with Him? Do you know, I was reading to you out of Psalms a while ago about David was saying, I'm so in awe with your word that, that I want to obey you. Do, do you know that Abraham was in such love with God that he had unrestrained love when God said, sacrifice your son? He had no self-reservation. He had nothing to stop him or hold him back. He had such a love and a, and a trust and a faith in God. It was accounted in him righteousness because he said, God, I trust you and I love you so much. I'm not even going to hold back my only son. If you told me to give him up to you as a burnt sacrifice, I'm going to give him up to a burnt sacrifice. Jesus says, if you're not willing to offer up your children and give up your homes and lands and children and fathers and mothers for my sake, unrestrained love. He doesn't hold nothing back but gives everything to God. And the reason is, it says in verse 130, chapter 138, verse 8 of Psalms, it says in the New English Standard, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Say that with me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me in 2010. Say that with me again. The Lord will fulfill his purpose in me for 2010. It says, your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The living says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. If you're believing God for a mate, you need to be claiming that scripture. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. If you're believing God for a job, if you're believing God for, for anything, he will work out his plans for your life. And it goes on to say, your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. And the message says, finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. How many of you know that God is not going to quit on you now? Amen. So, the God who saved you, I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you a few points here. The God who saved you is, number one, he didn't only save you, but according to the word of God, he is able to keep you from falling. Write that down in your notes. Lord, I praise you that you were not only the God that was able to save me out of whatever you were saved out of, he is the God who is able to keep you from falling. I thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, you were able to keep me as a man of God and a husband and a pastor from falling. I thank you that you are able to keep me a wife and a daughter of the Most High God from falling. I thank you that you are able to keep me a child of the living God from falling. You're able to keep me from falling this new year or stumbling. The God who saved you is also able to, it says here, he is able to cause all things, write this down, number two, he is able to cause all things to work together for your good. He is able to cause all things to work together for your good. He loves you. He's not playing with you. He's not a cat and you're a mouse. He's not playing with you. He will cause all things to work together for your good. You've got to believe that for this year. The God who saved you, he is also able, say my God is able, to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus for the year 2010, 2010. He's able to meet all of your needs. And also in the year 2010, he is able to keep you 
from anything that is too much for you. He said, I'll never let you go through something that you're not, I won't give you the grace and the strength to be able to handle. He'll never put on you, listen, he'll never put on you more than you can handle. Receive that. Receive that. I received for 2010 the blessing of the Lord, the strength, the might of God, the unction of the Holy Spirit, that I will not go through anything that God and I are not able to handle. And through the anointing and through the Spirit of God, I am not able to handle. I can handle it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to overcome barriers. I want to read to you also John chapter 15. John chapter 15. These are just some things for tonight I want to share with you as we get ready to cross into this new year. Things I've been meditating on. Praying over us as a body. John 15, verse 4. And I'm just going to read this in the message translation. I love what it says. Live in me. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. And that same way that a branch cannot bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you cannot bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me, I with you. The relation, the, the, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love that. The relationship, an intimate relationship, a relationship that is healthy. It goes on to say, separated, you cannot produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood. Gathered up and thrown into the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Do you receive that? Amen. It's important that we move and live and have our being in the Lord uh, this year. And so there's some special points I want to read to you. Look with me in Psalms chapter 77. Psalms chapter 77. As I get ready to give you some points that I believe are important to practice for this new year. Anybody bought a new devotional for this new year? Let me see your hand. Anybody bought a new devotional for this new year? Anybody has an old devotional ready for this new year? Okay. Nobody felt led to buy a new devotional for this new year. If you didn't see Sister Terry, maybe she's got one. Hallelujah. Anybody signed up on the internet for any new devotionals for this new year? Okay, I see you ready are ready for this new year. <laughs> Psalm 77, verse 6. I didn't think about that, though. That's why you came to church. Psalm 77, verse 6. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, look what it says here. I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. If I'm not joyful getting ready to go into this new year, I want to just spend some time and ponder in my soul, in my thoughts, in my imaginations, in my mind, what, what, what is wrong that I'm not excited about living? What is wrong that I'm, I'm, why get excited about another year? If there's something that's stolen your joy and stolen your song, it says here that I'm going to ponder, what's the difference now that I used to sing and I used to be happy, and now I'm not, so I'm going to ponder the difference now. David is speaking to some things about his soul to be prepared and be ready. So I'm going to give you some points to get ready for this new year in Psalms chapter 92. Look with me just a few chapters over. Psalms chapter 92, verse 2. Hope you write these down. If not, we have them in the, on the Internet, and we have them on CD. So I'm going to give you some points to do for this new year. 
Psalms chapter 92, verse 2. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. To declare and proclaim your unfailing love when? Say with me, in the morning. Okay, I want you to write this down. Number one. Number one. You need to, starting this new year, you're going to say this is so basic, but this is it's still the truth. You need to, this year, start every morning off right. And I'm not talking about Folgers. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about worshiping Him, being thankful to Him. Start your day off right. In the Hebrew, it speaks about greeting the day, greeting the day, the new day. This is the Lord that this day that the Lord has made. Enter into His presence with thanksgiving. I praise you for this opportunity to praise you and thank you for your guidance and leading me. I don't have to. I want to. I want to praise you this morning. Amen. So start your day off right, and it speaks there about His loving kindness. When I wake up in the morning, listen to me. There's a lot of movies, and there's a lot of, I, I hate the way the world says. La, last night, somebody asked Dolly Parton what she does in the morning, and she says, I put my clothes on, and I go home. That's the way the world speaks. When I wake up in the morning, loving kindness is laying by me. When I wake up in the morning, you know who's in my bed? Loving kindness. The mercies of God. The love of God. You say, who did you wake up with this morning? I woke up with the loving kindness of God. The loving kindness of my God who never leave me, forsake me, embraced me. I'm not alone. I'm not sleeping single in a double bed. You're not alone, even though you may be alone. You may have somebody physical in the bed, but yet there's not a relationship there. But there is an intimacy available for you to wake up and experience in the morning. That you're not waking up alone, but the loving and kindness of God is there to wake you up and just say, I love you, I've been waiting for you this morning. I'm preparing a special day for you. If you allow me to come in and it, will you abide in me, let me abide in you. Have your home in me like I have my home in you. Let this year be a year of realness, saints. Let this year be a year of a real intimacy. And I'm going to read some more scriptures there in the area of intimacy with God when we get into the next, uh, one of the next points. It's about the intimacy, the real intimacy with God, a place where only you and him go. And David is saying, I'm going to greet the morning, and I, when I get up in the morning, loving kindness is going to be right there to embrace me the word loving kindness speaks of the mercy and acts of kindness and this is what's so great about the loving kindness of God get a hold of this that word loving kindness of God is the word used that when David called for Saul's grandson Jonathan's son Mephibosheth who was crippled and was hiding in the desert and David had killed all of the family of Saul and there was seen to be nothing left but yet there was a hunger inside of David's heart that I want to show kindness on behalf of Jonathan I had a covenant with Jonathan and it didn't that boy did nothing to deserve it but there's something in the covenant that I made with Jonathan that I want to find this boy and I want to show him the kindness of God and you find this word kindness also used when the spies told Rahab the harlot who was in the wall of Jericho that if she and her family was in that uh, a little apartment on the wall and if they put down that thread which represented the blood of Jesus the future redemption plan of Jesus Christ who was coming to the Gentiles and not only to the Jews if you will let that cord down then when God destroys the city of Jericho God will spare you and your family you have done nothing to deserve it you weren't born into the right lineage you're not of the right people but when you accept the right person Jesus Christ he is going to cover you and protect you and when you wake up in the morning there's going to be a covering over you when you drive down the highway there's going to be a covering over you when you go to work there's going to be a 
covering over you. When they're speaking things in this world, there's going to be a covering over you. That loving kindness is here, not because you're good, not because you deserve it, not because you live like a saint the day before, but the loving kindness of God wakes up for you and says, it's a new day. So don't worry about how you messed up yesterday. Let's just join together and let's get through this day. And then I'll wake up with you again tomorrow morning. And I'll wake up with you 365 days of the year of 2010. The loving kindness of God. Not that you deserved it, but because He loved you enough to give you His mercy and extend it to you, whether you deserved it or not, because Christ paid the price on the cross. I tell you, that's something to be thankful for right there every day. His goodness, His loving kindness every morning. Amen. Now, second thing, you need a, uh, every day you need to read the Word of God out loud. If you love the Lord, you're going to read the Word. A disciple loves the Word of God. Can I hear an Amen. I don't know if you got this month's charisma, but on page 54, there's two pages there about uh, the importance of God's word. And it just said so many awesome things. It says, um, in a year when everything in life seems shaky, you can find stability in God's unchangeable word. Proverbs 2.1 says about God's words, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, then you will find the knowledge of God. No, that is good. There's a translation called the Far Bible. That scripture says it this way. Only by putting God's word into our minds will we learn to live wisely and righteously in our relationship with God. We can become victorious over sin with God commands in our heart. That's Psalms 119.11 in the Far Bible. The word of God, it says here, produces. It's the preeminence. And it's the power of God. And then it just says some other things about the word of God that's really strong. So if you don't have the, this month's charisma, it just encourages the importance of the word of God this month. Now, let me give you an example. Some people here are new. Some people have never been faithful to our church. Some people have never been trained. Some of you already know these type of things. But let me just share this with you. If you read three chapters of the Bible, one old, two new, and a Psalms and a Proverbs, you can read the you can read that much of the Bible in just 15, 20 minutes. In 15, 20 minutes, you can read three chapters of the Bible, one Psalms and one Proverbs. And why, why do I need to read the Word of God in the morning? It's because it gets you on the right course. It gets you focused for the day. It gets you focused for the day. It gets you in the right mindset for the day. Psalms 5.3 says, My voice shall you hear in the morning. Oh, I skipped, no, excuse me, I skipped a page here. And so uh, you get your mind fixed for the day. Yeah, Psalms 5, 3 says, My voice shall you hear in the morning. Say that with me, in the morning. And it goes on to say, O Lord, in the morning. Say it again with me, in the morning. I will direct it to you and I will look up. Every morning, the message translation says, Every morning you're going to hear me at it again. I love that. Every morning you're going to hear me at it again. Number two, you read the Word of God. Number three, you need to learn to pray. Pray at least 15 minutes when you get up in the morning. You can pray on your way to work. But listen, church, you need to write this down. You need to pray at least 15 minutes. And I love what David said in the message translation. Every morning, you're going to hear me at it again. Every morning, you're going to hear me at it again. Every morning, you're going to hear me at it again. My voice will you hear in the morning. A lot of people say, now, I don't know how to pray 15 minutes. Let Let me ask you one question. How many of you married? How many could spend 10, 15 minutes on your mate just praying for them alone? Okay, one person raised their hand. Okay. Now, how many of you got children? How many can spend an hour praying for your children, huh? How about our government and our leaders? The Bible says in first place, pray for them. How, how, how about your church? Can you pray for your church every morning? 
How about your pastor? Can you pray for your little pastor every morning? How about our soldiers? Eight lost their lives just by a suicide bomber. I had a Marine's mother tell me Sunday morning her son's being shipped off to Afghanistan. She was crying. I've had two mothers here cry lately because they're One's in Iraq and one is Afghanistan. Can we pray for our soldiers? You say, I don't know what to pray for. Can you pray for missionaries, our missionaries? So, I mean, we can pray at least 15 minutes every morning. Pray for our friends, our health, our finances. Write this down. Tell God what's on your heart about each one of those. How do I pray about for my mate? What's on your heart? It's amazing. You come to church and you find somebody who'll listen to you and you'll complain about your husband. Why don't you tell God about your husband? Tell, tell God what's on your heart. Oh, Pastor, i got to talk to you about my child. Hey, wait a minute. Before you talk to me, did you talk to him? Well, he don't talk back. Yes, he does. Lord, every morning you're going to hear me again. Are you hearing me today, church? Yes. You know, the Bible talks about grapes. Grapes speaks of maturity. A lot of times we're just sliding through the years, sliding by, sliding by. But how about, are we reading the Word every morning like we're supposed to? Oh, we're praying. What's on your heart about missions? What have you been feeling about what's going on with the leadership, with the country? Pray about those things. How many of you know 15 minutes will go by real fast? Amen? Prayer proves that God has first priority. Don't ever forget that. Prayer proves that God has first priority. Now let me share something with you. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, the Lord says, when you want to pray, go to your room, shut the door. In other words, Get intimate with me. Close the door to where there's only an intimacy between you and I. And the Father who sees in the place of intimacy will reward you openly. Get intimate with God. God, I come before you right now and I want to talk to you about my life. I want to talk to you about my children. I want to talk to you about my marriage. I want to talk to you about my church. Lord, I want to come and I want to ask, pray for encouragement. I want to pray for blessings. Tell God what's on your heart. Get intimate with God. Open up with God. Only by getting intimate with God is there going to be a conception of something that you cannot see, feel, or exist yet. Get intimate with God. Open your heart. Cry out to Him. Learn. So many people say, Pastor, my marriage, we don't have very much communication. And what do you always hear the, the, uh, the uh, psychiatrist say, the, uh, the, 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 the counselor say? You got to work at it. But listen, you got to work at being opening up with God. You might have been raised in a family that you're not used to opening up. You've got to learn to open up with God and get intimate with Him. So you've got to pray. Amen? And, so, and also, don't forget, you need to keep on pray, playing worship and, and teaching uh, CDs. But also, man, they got some worship DVDs you can put on and, and just, uh, just charge the atmosphere of your house. So see, please, your automobile, your house, play the worship CDs. Play them while you're gone. Let them feel... A filter around in your home and the next thing you need to do uh, pray in your heart and in your mind during the day even in your thought life even while you're walking or you're working or you're driving or you're grocery shopping or filling up with gas whatever it may be be talking to God be praying the word talks about thinking focusing on things above because if I'm not focusing on things above how many know my thought life is liable to go south and my, my, my body my life will go according to my thought life and so every opportunity, I'm just not going to pray in the morning, but all during the day, every opportunity I get, listen, for 20, 2010, we're going to have to learn to pray constantly. 
can pray constantly before God. Listen to what David said. You don't have to look it up. Psalms 55, 17. Evening, morning, and at noon, I will pray. Psalms 55, 17. Evening, morning, and at noon. Some of us, we don't even pray once a day. But he says, evening, morning, and noon, I'm going to pray all day. So make that a part of your life. And he goes on to say, and cry aloud, and you will hear my voice. And you will hear my voice. So church, don't forget to have a life of prayer this week. I want to tell you something else. Another point. Be careful how much TV you watch. Be careful this next year how much TV you watch. What you're filling your mind with. TV has a way of detissa. Uh, it causes you to become more insensitive. And it causes you to callous in areas of your heart and mind to the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that viruses can get a computer? Well, I know a bunch of Christians who has a virus. If it, when you talk to people, you could say, that thing's got 15 cookies right now. That person's about ready to crash. Pastor, why do I feel like I'm about ready to crash? Because you opened up to a virus. Watching too much TV that you shouldn't be watching. Listening to too much things that interfere. Now, I'm not saying cut it out altogether, but I'm saying you have to make sure that you're keeping that which is holy and that which builds you up more than that which would tear you down. Amen, church? Because you will get a virus, and a virus will affect your life. So we have to be careful. Psalms 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What I put in my mind will rule my life. Psalms 92, verse 2 says, And your faithfulness every night. We read that a while ago. Psalms 92, verse 2 says, And your faithfulness every night. That word faithfulness is the word that Jesus used when he would say, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you. So he says every night, listen, what you've got to do is you've got to go to bed with the Word of God. Read another chapter, at least try to read another chapter of the Word of God every night. Sleep with the Word on your mind. Listen to what the doctors say. It is proven that you fall asleep at night. What's on your mind when you fall asleep dominates your mind while you sleep. What you fall asleep thinking about or watching at night will dominate your mind while you sleep. So guess what type of mood you wake up in the morning? But if you go to bed in the evening at night, if you open up with the Word of God this year. Now, I know you're thinking this is so simple, but listen, this is the, uh, this is the only way you'll stay ahead and not above and not beneath. This is so important. This is basic, but this is important. This is an important word. What you fall asleep with at night, thinking on or watching, will dominate your mind. So you have to be careful. Another thing I want to share with you about reflecting on his faithfulness to build you up. At evening, at night, how many you know at nighttime, a lot of times that's when the worst thoughts come? How we're going to pay our bills? What am I going to do if I get laid off? Why isn't my kid home yet? What's going to happen if this happens? The worst thoughts come at night when you lay down. That's why you've got to fill your mind with the word before you lay down so that his word can keep you at peace. Uh, we won't look there tonight because of time, but write down Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. It talk, God told his people, keep my word before you. Keep my word before you. Meditate upon it. It says, speak as you go. Another thing this year, as, as we're thinking about it, even as we're sleeping, the word will speak to us, but we have to speak the word as much as we can in our conversations, even if you have to have a conversation by yourself. Even while you're walking, people are saying, that person's speaking to himself, I'm speaking the word. 
I'm speaking to myself. You are an overcomer. You're not a failure. You're not going to fall. You're not going to be defeated. You've got to speak the word. You've got to keep God in your conversations. The Bible talks about being hidden in Christ Jesus. Write this in. This is something important for the year 2010. The Bible says that we are hid in Christ Jesus. That word there means tucked in, secured. It means sealed in him that nothing evil, nothing can come near you. You got to pray for you, your mate, your home, your job, the church, the ministry, our country. Lord, seal us in. You get ready to get on an airplane. How many of you know with everything that's going on, you want to make sure you're sealed in. When you get on that highway, you want to be sealed in. So you thank you, Lord, my life is hid in Christ Jesus. Amen. Tucked away. My thoughts, my words are tucked in, sealed, hidden in Christ Jesus. Now, one more scripture I want to share with you. Psalms 103, verse 8. And I want us to read this together as we get ready to go into this new year. Psalms 103, verse 8. Now, the Bible says pray continually. Amen? It says pray continually. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. So it's important that we live a life of prayer. I tell you, so many of our problems will be fixed if we live a lifestyle of prayer. Things will just come together. But I want to read this over you as we end this year, as we start this new year. Psalms 103, verse 8. Over 09 and over 2010, I want to read this according to Psalms 103, verse 8. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Can you just take a moment and close your eyes? And I want you to just right now thank God that he's abounding in mercy, that there is plenty of mercy to cover, that has covered you for 09 and that will cover you into 2010. Right now, just praise him for his mercy that endures forever. Psalms 103 speaks about the mercy of God so much. Just praise Him for the mercy. Praise Him for His faithfulness. Reflect on His faithfulness to you this year. Oh, that, that when your child was in the hospital, when you were being under attack, when things were going on, God was merciful to you. When things was happening, God was merciful to you. Just praise Him for His mercy right now. In verse 11, just praise Him for His mercy. Just praise Him for His mercy. Thank Him for it right now. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you for your mercy. We praise you for your mercy, O Lord. We praise you for your mercy, O Lord. We praise you. Slow to anger. Thank you, Father. Thank you that, Lord, you did not move against me in your anger, but your mercy covered me. Thank you for your love, O Lord. Now, verse 9 says, He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Now, Lord, we come before you and we repent of our sins. We repent of the sins that we know about and we don't know about that, Lord, we've committed this, this past year. Father, we say tonight that we love you and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the opportunity to get our hearts and our lives right as we end this year and go into the next. Lord, we do not want to continue test your patience. We do not want to test, Lord, how far we can continue to do things and you continue to forgive and cover and look the other way. You said your spirit would not always strive with man. Father, we repent right now of anything that we have as a habit 
in our lifestyle that's been against you. We repent of that now in the name of Jesus. Now just thank him for his mercy over that right now. Any area, just open your heart and let the Father speak to you and show you any area of your life right now. And, and just deal with it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And as you're thinking about that, I want to read verse 10 to you. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Oh, that's a reason to rejoice right there. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He has not dealt with us according to our sins this year, nor according, or punished us according to our iniquities. Oh, hallelujah. David is just reflecting. Just go ahead and just thank him some more and praise him that he's, we're not standing here tonight punished or, or, or being dealt with, but we are given a, a, a clean slate. <laughs> he's thrown everything we've done into the sea of forgetfulness because we've repented and we're getting our heart right right now in Jesus' name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 11 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. Are you thankful for the mercy of God? Verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed, removed our transgressions from us. As a Father, Heavenly Father, as a father pities his children. Mm. So the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like the grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, it is gone. And it place remembers it no more. Verse 17 says, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Come on, grandparents, praise him for that. His righteousness for children's children. Come on, take that. His righteousness for children's children this year over your children and over your grandchildren. Just receive it over them right now. You, 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 your heart is broken the way your child's lived this year. Your heart is broken how they have raised your grandchildren and they are raising your grandchildren. And you know it's not right. And you're worried about their future. You're worried about their lifestyle. But right now, you just pray that the righteous, the right standing with God is over, their over your children and your children's children. No matter who's raising them, they belong to the Lord. Their righteousness belongs to me, saith the Lord. So just give those babies. Give those precious babies to the Lord God Most High. Give their life and their covering is in God's hands in Jesus' name. And it says in verse 18, To such as keep His covenant, and to those who remember His commandments to do them, help us to remember Your word this year, Lord. Verse 19, to establish, The Lord has established His throne in the heaven, His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength and do His word, heeding the voice of His word. That's why you've got to speak the word of God. You ministers of His who do His pleasure. Verse 22, Bless the Lord all His works. How many are works of the Lord tonight? In all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Now would you stand with me, please? And I want to end with this last part here. 
I just want you to pray this. The works of his hands under all his dominion. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture your children. I want you to picture your marriage. I want to picture your home. Picture your body. And just say, Father, I place my mind under your dominion in 2010. I place my heart under your dominion in 2010. I place my life under your dominion in 2010. I place my finances, my job under your dominion in 2010. I place my physical body, my well-being, my health. It's under your dominion in 2010. I place my marriage, my mate, my children, my family, my in-laws. I place them under your dominion in 2010. We place this church, this body, this ministry, these grounds, even the debt for the property next to us, we place it under your dominion in 2010. We place all the new buildings by faith under your dominion in 2010. We place this highway running in front of this church under your dominion. We place this city, we place this state, we place this nation, this nation under God, under your dominion in 2010. We pray for President Obama and his wife and family in the cabinet, Senate, and Congress. For the laws to, that are trying to be made and are being made. We pray them under your dominion. The judges, the governors of this land, under your dominion in 2010. Lord, we worship you and we praise you. That what we place in your hands is kept by you. No hole in the hedge, therefore no serpent can bite. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Thank you, for Lord, that your dominion means that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you that you have given your angels, which excel in strength, charge over us to keep us in all of our ways in 2010. That no evil or harm can come nigh our dwelling. We praise you for the dominion authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means harm or hurt us. We come this night. and We've repented and gotten our hearts and our lives right with you so that we can walk out of here tonight. And we can cross over physically and spiritually with our household. A lamb for every home. A lamb for every home. The blood of Jesus over every home. Every, over the line property. Over every life. Over every marriage. Over every single person. Over every widow. Over every unwed mother. Over every needy person. Over every hungry person. Over every person in rehab. Every person who's fighting for their life. Oh, we place them under the dominion and the authority and the control of the power of the Holy Spirit to watch over and keep us in this new year of 2010. The year of our Lord Jesus Christ. We leave this place under the hedge of the Almighty God. And Lord, we, we, we make a, a true desire 
we, we speak tonight and say we do desire to be faithful this year. And we're going to do all of our heart, might, and soul to be faithful in greeting you in the morning, Holy Spirit. In praying and reading your word. Loving your word and speaking your word and praying throughout the day. Oh, we praise you, Lord, for a new level of intimacy. The church, we need intimacy with you. To go into that inward chambers where only you and I are allowed. When I go in there, the children are not allowed. It's you and I, Father. It's you and I, and I can just open my heart. And Lord, you'll touch me and you'll make me new. Awaken us unto that never-ending love relationship. As we have captured you, oh Lord. If you have captured us, let us capture you. Let us boast and brag about how wonderful, how marvelous, how merciful you are. Let us be as David that before we killed the giant, we were dancing and praising you in the woods. When we were alone and nobody could see and there was no palace and there was no throne, you were the one on the throne and you were the one he was praising. Let us worship you for who you are. And glorify you with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. And may we be found faithful at the year of 2010. May we be at a new level next year than we are at this level. We're not satisfied. We desire more. We pray this and we receive this in the name of Jesus. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. God told Moses in Deuteronomy 4.29, If you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him if you look with Him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. I believe this is a year where a lot of people are going to have to look for God with something more than they've looked for Him before. But He will be found in a deeper and a more real way. I pray and I bless you with richness this year. I pray that this is not religion and this is not something to do. I pray that this is life for you. I pray that your zeal and the flame of the fire of the Holy Spirit be flamed, be fanned the beginning of this new year. I pray that you end this year and you go into this next year with a step, a new jump in your step and a new tongue and a new glory and a new hallelujah and a new amen and a new presence of joy and peace on the depths of your heart and mind. I pray that you cross into this new year with a faith, faith that as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked into the mouth of the fiery furnace, they said, we're not afraid because our God is with us and we know that our God is able to deliver us. And I pray that you look in the year 2010 knowing that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the Lord my God. And I'll look into this year and it doesn't matter the condition of the faces of the enemy that are telling me I'm going down. It doesn't matter how many bills have been stacked up. It doesn't matter the report of Nebuchadnezzar. It doesn't matter the report of the doctor. What matters is the report. 
report of the Lord. And I believe that the fourth man in the fiery furnace, that Jesus himself is with me. And all those who have risen up against me shall see that my Savior, if he is for me, then who and what can be against me? My faith is in the resurrection and the life. My faith is in the author and the finisher of my faith in this word that will never perish or go unanswered. I believe in the promises of God that they are yes and they are amen. I believe in the sword of the spirit that is going forth in front of me, knocking the enemies down before me as I trample upon them, as the scepter of my God is extended for you and I to go forth as a king, the kings, the kings by our God. I believe that victory and success and blessing is upon your lives. And so you step over the threshold of 2010 as a redeemed child of God that you are blessed and you will come out this next year victorious. Amen. Do you receive that? Hallelujah. Can you shout to the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Is He not the name above all names? Is He not majestic? Doesn't His word cause you to stand in awe of Him? Oh, hallelujah. Now you see, you can start every morning like that and it'll do what no Pop-Tart can do. You can start the morning every morning like that. I will praise the Lord my God. I will praise the Spirit of God that moved upon the waters is moving upon my home, my marriage, my job, my finances, my heart, my lungs, my kidneys. It's in Him I move, I live, and I have my being in 2010. This Sunday I'm talking about in 2010, He's inviting you in. Hallelujah. So listen, He's inviting you in deeper. This coming year. We love you. We bless you. Hug a neck. Greet somebody. Tell somebody. Tell everybody you run into. God bless you this next year. God bless you. God bless you with help, health, prosperity, blessing in every area. May this next year be better than any other year before. We love you. We bless you. Need prayer. We'll be here to pray for you. Greet one another. Tell them that you love them. We love you. Happy New Year, church. We'll see you Sunday. Make sure you're here Sunday. We love you. God bless you. Amen.